Welcome to the Reality Show Life Coach Podcast, the only podcast that brings on weekly guests to drop self-help wisdom on the casts of popular reality shows like The Bachelor. I'm your host, Lynn Grogan. I am a certified life coach who helps people escape the status quo and live a fulfilling life on their own terms. Let's go. It's the Reality Show Life Coach with Lynn Grogan. Welcome back to the Reality Show Life Coach Podcast. Today, we have a bit of a plot twist, which I'm going to explain in just a moment. Um, But first, I wanted to introduce myself or reintroduce myself if we have never met before. My name is Lynn Grogan. I am a certified life coach. I've been coaching since I was certified in 2017. And I actually have two aspects of my business. One aspect is just general life coaching. So you might come to me to, you know, feel unstuck or get unstuck, to have more confidence, feel better in general. I have coached on everything under the sun, and I mean everything. And so for somebody who's just like, I just have a lot going on in my life, coming and talking to a coach, you would probably want general life coaching. And then I have a second aspect of my business that I have been working on slowly but surely since I have opened up shop earlier this year, and that is helping people who um, would identify as having lived like a very conventional lifestyle, maybe the thing that was always expected of them, probably been doing the same thing for the last 20 plus years, move toward uh, an unconventional lifestyle or or maybe even just an unconventional change in their life. So that might be um, changing careers dramatically from one thing to another, taking a career break or doing what I do, which is living, you know, full time in an RV and not having a home base. Um, I have been doing the unconventional thing for gosh, 20 plus years, but in an RV, I I set off solo back in 2014, met my husband along the way and um, have been more or less traveling like that um, for the last 10 years. So I kind of know how kind of unhinged you can feel, how you can feel a little bit crazy when you're making those changes. And you don't have anybody else in your life that really understands that um, or can help you um, through the decision-making process or to feel confident in the process of making those changes. So if you're looking for help with either of those, um, I will have the link to my website, lingrogan.com in the show notes, and you can set up a free consult and we can have a chat. Um, I love to chat to people in general. So even if you're like, I don't know if I'm looking for a coach, but sounds like you're doing a thing I might want to do, um, hit me up. Always welcome. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Lingrogan. DM me over there. Totally fine. I'm also going to be having a secondary podcast coming out in the next month or two uh, called Courageously Unconventional. I've been starting to record some things for that and really, you know, kind of supporting that second side of the business I was talking about, pivoting from the unconventional or conventional to the unconventional. Um, so I'll announce that here when that comes uh, when that becomes available. I've been having so much fun with that, but also so much fun with this podcast. So, all right, on to the plot twist for today. So if you have been listening along, you know that what I usually do is, um, you know, have a special guest come on the show. And for this week, I had a guest lined up and, you know, tis the season, she got sick. She emailed me like well in advance. I could have totally found another guest and super apologetic. You know, she had gotten sick, not something that she, you know, we typically used to doing. So totally understood um, on that regard, especially, you know, you got to take care of yourself. And then it was kind of like this interesting moment where, um, you know, I, you know, when you like do things always the same way, then I was like, in my brain, I was like, okay, uh, let's scramble to find a guest. And again, she let me know with enough notice, I could have found a guest probably within the span of two hours, but I had a bit of a pause at that moment. And I thought to myself like, hmm, 
what if I didn't find a guest at all? You know, what would that look like? What would it look like to do a solo show when I usually do, you know, have people come on with me? I have done this before. Um, I ran this podcast back in 2020. I was covering The Bachelor. The Bachelor had dropped a surprise second episode. I did a solo show back then. And, you know, it was like a different experience. So I kind of knew I could do it based on that, but I just wasn't like planning to do it. So that was the first option. And then there was another interesting plot twist here too, uh, where, uh, you know, as I started thinking about this most recent episode of Survivor, which is the show I've been covering for the last couple of weeks, going through the whole season of that with my guests, I thought to myself, do I even need to cover Survivor? Um, which kind of broke, broke like it was like record scratch uh, as I considered like, maybe I don't even need to cover the show I've been talking about. And um, that was a little bit of an opening for me too. So I've been pondering that for the last couple of days. And what I decided is that I actually want to talk about a different show today because I can. <laughs> you know, we make up these rules for ourselves and then we forget the like, hey, we can break the rules if we want to. So I'm going to like break my own rules here. And I actually want to talk about a different show that I have been watching and been kind of obsessed with. It's The Golden Bachelor. So if you're not familiar with this, totally fine. If you haven't watched the show, you don't need to turn off this podcast and go watch it. Um, what I'm going to talk about today is more generalized. And then if you feel intrigued to watch it after after I talk about stuff today, um, absolutely you should because I have been enjoying it. But no no need to. I think you can still get a lot of value out of this podcast just by hearing you know descriptions as I'll give them and talking about my take on things you know from a coaching perspective what I'm seeing what I'm learning um so Golden Bachelor is from the Bachelor franchise which is basically you know a dating game show where you have an eligible bachelor and many suitors that want to pursue their hand in marriage so the Golden Bachelor follows that same premise except for everybody is older so the Golden Bachelor Gary is in his 70s and the women vying for his love and attention are, you know, span from early 60s to mostly mid 70s. So out the gates, we have a very, very different premise for the show. So I had actually considered covering this when I heard that they were going to release this alongside another Bachelor franchise show, Bachelor in Paradise. I thought about covering both. And to be honest, just hearing the premise it being a brand new unvetted show, nothing else like it out there that I know of following people like older adults uh, as they find love or for a lot of them a second or third or fourth love. Um, I was skeptical and I actually out the gates was like, mm, that's going to be really boring. When they introduced the lead Gary, I was like, you know, he's kind of goofy, but he also looked a little bit like mm, stodgy, not even stodgy, just kind of maybe buttoned up. And um, I have to tell you, like, I was still going to watch, but I was like, eh, I'll cover Survivor instead. I have been completely wrong <laughs> about it in the best way. Uh, I have been loving this season so far. We're about four episodes into Golden Bachelor, and it has surpassed all of my expectations. It has made me think so much about aging, finding love, grief, hope all those things like in a way that has surprised me so so much if you've been following along maybe you will understand what i'm where i'm coming from um from the very first episode when we meet gary 
Um, we find out that he is a widower. widower. So his wife, Tony, died back in 2017. Um, just sudden. Bacterial infection. They thought they were going to live their days out in this in this lake house that they had recently purchased. And pretty quickly, you know, she was gone. Um, they went to emergency room and she never came home. And I don't know about you, but just even like hearing that and just just Gary telling his story so honest and vulnerably, like from the gates, I was already in tears. And like even saying that, I'm like, I feel like so like moved by him sharing that. And you already know immediately that it's going to be a very different show. And I think what has really surprised me right away is that you don't really see many examples on TV of people who have lost their spouses, but many years after, where isn't just like, okay, here's this immediate, you know, like this thing that has just happened and you get the shock, the initial shock of it. I think what has surprised me so much about this show is that you see people at varying stages. A lot of the women on the show have also lost their spouse. And for some of them, it's a few years. Some of them, it's several years. And them talking about their experience of loss, I think is such a like healthy perspective because so often I think there's this idea that like when you lose somebody that you love, that you know you need to get over it or there is a span of time where it really really hurts and then it doesn't hurt anymore or that there's supposed to be this particular framework this could be romantic relationship this could be you know maybe a family member a friend or something right like that we get over it and that if you have very real emotions about someone in your life that late in the game that means maybe you're not over it or you're not ready to move on but even in the show from just gary telling his stories he's just like you know i am ready and my heart is open to find love but you know ask me about my wife tony and i am going to shed very real tears so i think it's just healthy from that perspective is that um it's almost i don't want to say permission given because we all have you know permission to do, you know, like to feel our feelings, but I think it just normalizes. I think that's what I'm looking for here is that um, just normalizes the experience of grief and loss and what that looks like. And a lot of the times, um, you know, the premise of the show is, you know, Gary goes on dates with his, you know, like the other women on the show and, um, you know, they often connect through their loss. And it, again, isn't that like, okay, maybe you're not over it. Maybe you should be over it. It's just sort of like, yeah, we have both lost and we know what that feels like. And we can connect over this and we can also be open to starting something romantic and new with each other. So there's just like this level of hope there also that I just really haven't seen on television. Um, I don't know. And I'm also seeing this at like an interesting point in my life where you know, for myself and actually a lot of um, the people that I coach, you know, I, um, you know, what's, I don't know, maybe this is just like a human phenomenon. You get to aging, you start thinking about like, oh, you know what, death and illness is a very real thing for a lot of the people I coach, um, you know, family members, older family members, parents or aunts, uncles, grandparents are aging and maybe you're in, in charge of taking care of them or maybe you're just serving them. Um, but the idea of death becomes more real than maybe it was for me in my 20s and 30s. Um, and so just just watching and experiencing as an audience member watching 
people who have lost their spouses. I mean, it, it just made me really um, think about, you know, that happening in my own life. I mean, realistically, myself or my husband, one of us is going to die first. Uh, and, you know, that made me just, I don't know, like even right now talking about it, feel emotional about that as a reality. And to just see people on the other side of that, I think is, I don't know, it just brings up a lot. And I, I it, and just in a way that you just don't see it on TV because it's not like this dramatic thing that we are now revealing. It's actually just two humans on the screen talking about people that they have lost. So um, I think even from that regard, just seeing that normalized is healthy and just something we've never seen on TV before. Um, and I think also there's this idea sometimes that you only get like one love. And some of the women on the show have actually talked about this where as they start to have feelings for Gary or even consider it, they're just like, wow, I never thought that I would get to feel this way again. Kind of that giddy dating, falling in love energy. And, um, you know, it almost unlocks or opens a part of yourself that you didn't necessarily know is there. So um, even from that regard, if you're just looking for examples of that, 100%, totally even just watch an episode um, just to see what it looks like on the screen. Um, there's like this really touching moment. So they, they go on this group date, Gary and a lot, most of the women on the show and, um, they're, you know, dressing up and doing the cover of these romance novels. And one of the cast members, Nancy, uh, the outfit she get, lands with is a wedding dress and she's caught by complete surprise. Like on the show, she says, you know, my rational mind knows that like, you know, my spouse passed away. But she's like, even just putting this dress on reminds me of one of the best days of my life. And so I just think even seeing those, like, yeah, of course. Like, um, I think sometimes we can be really surprised by our emotions. Like, out of the blue, you know, you see something and it reminds you of someone that you have lost in your life. And it can feel really surprising. But honestly, it's very normal. Like, it's a very normal experience that if Nancy put on a wedding dress, that she would feel those feelings. So um, I just thought, you know, like, just being able to see that uh it's i don't know it broadens my perspective for sure um so lots of other themes on the show um i think aging in general uh you know my perspective on aging has changed a lot from the just my many years of RVing. you see so many people out in the world different physical capabilities um you know but growing up in the midwest often the perspective of aging was, you know, the few family members and family friends and community members that you see around. And I think there's this general idea that as you age, you know, you just deteriorate. The best years of your life are over. You don't get another love. Maybe you don't have another career. Maybe, you, you know, it's kind of like, okay, this is the beginning of the end. And I think that's what's been helpful for me to watch the show too, is that you see, again, people in their 60s to mid to late 70s, absolutely thriving and in their adulthood and just seem to be enjoying life um for whatever their capabilities are because i think that's a one of the things that kind of i always just had on my mind it's just like okay well at some point you just lose certain capabilities and you just can't do things which is absolutely true but it doesn't mean that you don't pivot and change what you do so you know, it's like maybe you're a little bit slower, but you can still do things. Um, maybe, you know, Gary, uh, the lead, he has hearing aids. One of the other 
uh, women on the show also has hearing aids and they kind of bond over that. But, you know, it's really there's this hilarious scene where she goes, oh, yeah, when I hear things that I don't want to hear, I just turn the hearing aids down and then tune everybody out, you know, so I think you can have a playful point of view on it as well. Um, but I think that that's also what's been rewarding for me is that seeing this on TV, seeing it out in the wild as I travel is that it's not necessarily like a beginning of the end. Like we've always been dying since we were born always. And of course, like when we're in our twenties and thirties, um, you know, in earlier stages of life, like we have more energy and we have more capabilities, but it doesn't mean that it's over and that you can't be working towards things. Um, you know, if you think about health span throughout your entire life, um, if you are in, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, you probably you could possibly still have another 40, 50, 60 years left in your life. And so how do you want to age as you go along? And you can just see so many examples of these um, women on the show who many of them retired, figuring out life like what this next stage of life looks like and having a lot of fun and fun and adventure with it. It is very cool to see them on dates and kind of talking about like, what do you want to do with your life as, at this stage of your life? Because things aren't over. So I think that's good to see too, because, you know, often if even in fiction or nonfiction on TV, um, people that are older on the show are often secondary characters. They're often more seen in the perspective of this is the mother or grandmother, not the leading lady. And so a lot of these, you know, here, of course, they're all kind of his secondary characters to Gary, who is the lead, but you know, it's just like, these are leading humans and their own stories. And you see it from that perspective versus the perspective of, oh, we only know you in context of being in relationship to somebody else who's starring the show. Um, it's just really touching moment where uh, Joan, one of the cast members, decides to leave the show. And, um, you know, she shares that her daughter has had, um, you know, complicated, she just had birth, her daughter had just had birth, and it was complicated. And she decided that, you know, she wanted to go home. But as she is exiting, you know, she, they do, you know, those exit interviews with people. And Joan says, you know, as you get older, you become more invisible. People don't see you anymore. You're not as significant as when you're young. And that, oh, like, just hearing that was such an interesting perspective. Um, I think to some regard like that, yeah, that's that I feel that more and more as the years go by and like what it is like to not be seen in the way that you were seen before. In some ways, I think I get a sense of loss from Joan on that, which I understand like where that might be coming from completely um, is not to be seen as significant, you know, maybe as important as when you're young. But I think there's also a certain sense of freedom and feeling like you're not as seen. Maybe you can do more things and take more risks in life without as much penalty. Like maybe it feels a little safer to do those things. So I was thinking about that. I'm like, why do people as they age start to take more risks, right? Like I talk to people all the time that are like making different decisions with their lives that were very different than before, you know, maybe if they were raising a family and 
wanted to do the safe thing or the right thing to work in the career that is, you know, that's going to pay the bills, but maybe not their passion. And I think, you know, in part because the risk has gone lower, like when children are aged or, you know, you have a certain amount of money saved or you just have lived enough life that you decide to do something else, you can take different risks. But I also wondered from like Joan's perspective, if like maybe there is some freedom and feeling like you're not as seen as much, the stakes are a little bit lower. And um, I don't know. So it's like interesting to think about that from both perspectives. There's sort of this effort attitude like, oh, yeah, let's go do anything. But I think for her, um, it's almost like this uh, a sense of loss. And I wonder, though, like if it's just a different relationship with yourself, like maybe if you know, when we're visible, it's because we feel like we're being seen by other people. And so maybe that next stage of life is being more seen by yourself and cultivating a different type of relationship with yourself. Um, I don't know. It's something I want to think about a little bit more. And maybe this is something that, you know, as you're listening, you want to think about more too. It's just like, just because it's changed doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, but it's just different. And different doesn't have to be bad, but maybe it's just cultivating a different side of yourself or looking at a different side of yourself. And so, I don't know, I'd be curious. I don't know. It's, it's almost like I want to sit down with Joan and have a conversation with her and just kind of see more of what she meant by that. Because I don't think it has to be a bad thing. I think it's just a different thing that can be kind of shocking for us. It's just sort of like, okay, like I don't get the attention that I used to. Now what? Now what? Um, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm putting a pin in that for myself for later, for sure. Um, some of the other things we see on this show is one of the things I've been really enjoying, honestly, is that there's not as much drama as when, you know, when you watch the traditional bachelor or bachelorette, but, but I will say there is one, um, one piece of drama that lingers throughout a few shows. And that's with two of the cast members, Kathy and Teresa. Teresa is someone who got to go on one of the first one-on-one -on -one dates with Gary. They have this really fun date. He drives her around with a, in a convertible. Um, for some reason, they give him a convertible that doesn't have headlights that are working. And he's driving on a very busy highway in LA after dark, which it would, it's like terrifying to watch because I was like, oh my God, they're going to die. But they don't. They live. But they go to this diner and they have milkshakes. And then there's this like flash mob dance off and they both dance. Uh, and it's just such a fun date and they really connect. Uh, they talk about travel and well, I'm sure pickleball came up. That's a theme of the show. And, you know, and Teresa just has this lovely moment. And again, where she is seeing a different side of herself and she's thinking about like, okay, very hopeful. Maybe I found somebody I really, she really connected with Gary. And, you know, she goes back into the house and she shares with all the women her experience of going on this date. And this other cast member, I think her name is Kathy, does not like this. And I think for both of them, you know, so, so Kathy's behavior is very interesting in which she's trying so hard to silence Teresa. And she's just like often like, zip your lips, Teresa. And it's, it's kind of fun to watch. But also uh, you can see both of the women trying to navigate that space. And I think... I think what my takeaway here is, and what I really love about this is, I think we have this idea that as we age, and we get to certain ages, that we should have our stuff together, that we should have it all figured out, that we shouldn't have kerfuffles in life, and that is not the case. Like, you could definitely have seen this type of dynamic on anyone from any of the earlier... <laughs> 
seasons of the bachelor of having this kind of catty cattiness and i think if if i had to guess where this is coming from with both of them is the sense of insecurity they're both feeling insecure in their relationships which has teresa talking to anyone who will listen about the date that she went on with gary especially as time passes and she doesn't have that special one-on-one time with gary and for kathy she hasn't had much time with gary and so hearing it from somebody else trigger something in her and so you know her solution kathy is to tell teresa to zip her lips and you know teresa doesn't like that someone doesn't like her so she's just like trying so hard to get kathy to like her when really at the end of the day the thing that they probably have most in common is feeling insecure and getting one to shut up and one to listen isn't going to solve for that uh, it's, it's, you know, their moment of connection could be if they try to, you know, if they took a, a, a step back would be to see it like, hey, we're both, you know, feeling a little insecure here. Uh, and that's okay. Like, this is a weird dynamic. We're all dating the same guy. We're all having different experiences. It's totally okay. But yeah, I, um, I think that, uh, you know, we can have this idea that, yeah, we ourselves are supposed to have our stuff together as we get older. And also the older people in our lives. Um, I have been coaching one client on one of her parents uh, and her parents' behavior in certain situations. And, you know, we have talked about how, like, shouldn't they have it together? Like, shouldn't they have it together by now? They're almost like 80 years old. They should have it together. And it's like, yeah, maybe not. If we don't dig in and like work and heal certain areas of our life, of course, we're going to respond in the same way uh, when certain things come up. Like, of course we are. Um, and I won't give too many details on that, you know, that, that coaching scenario, other than to say, you know, I think one of the, one of the blockers there can be um that somebody should be different than they are that because they're of a certain age they should behave differently than they are behaving and no we are all still humans we are just happen to be a little bit older we keep aging like maybe maybe we're not as reactive as we get older maybe we shove it down a little bit more but again unless we learn different ways of dealing with things or maybe healthier ways of dealing with things we're still going to respond the same way it doesn't matter if we're uh 25 or 95 if we haven't worked on that side of things and it might even be that someone is more stubborn as they get older and they're more um in those ways stuck in those ways so i'd love to see it there um i mean ultimately uh kathy gets sent home i don't think it was due to cattiness although gary wasn't terribly impressed to hear that things were going on in the house in that way but um they just didn't have as much of a connection and so uh but yeah I, I would be so curious to know both of their perspectives watching that back because we don't get to watch camera um, footage of ourselves behaving the way that we do. I think they both thought they were in the right for how they were behaving, but I think that there was a lot of disconnection happening for both of them that, you know, maybe they are able to see it from a different perspective watching the camera on them. Um, a few other things I wanted to talk about from what I have been seeing. One of the things that I absolutely really love to see is the friendships that are forming in the house. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that are like, you know, it is so hard as adult to form meaningful adult friendships, especially if you don't have work in common or, you know, um, a lot of us meet people through school, through going through school or work or other places. And, you know, as adults, we just get busier and 
friendships don't happen as naturally as they did when we just had a lot more spare time or a lot more like just togetherness just based on proximity. And so I love to see it in the house is that there are just like the women bonding with each other. I, I don't know about if this is happening for him, but if I were Gary, I'd have a little bit of FOMO here because they are just having so much fun with each other. Um, but in a way that like, I don't, it may, it's, it's almost brings out a yearning. Like, you know, I know that they're all there for love, but I would guess that most of them leave saying it felt really, really good to have friendships, cultivate friendships in this way with the other women in the house. And what I love to see from Gary's perspective though, is that he seems so open and like just loving towards these women figuring out their relationships with each other and having each other. Like, I think he would feel truly saddened to learn that, um, that they weren't, if they weren't having that experience in the house, uh, you see on the bachelor and bachelorette franchise, a lot of times the lead gets a little bit snippy, like, Hey, you're not here to make friends. You're not here to bro down and you're here for me. So stop having relationships with each other. And Gary is the exact opposite. He is so, seems so delighted by them all with each other. And I think that is, um, maybe comes from, realizing that you know life is short and the things that we have is actually just relationships with each other and um my guess is that he is like delighted to see it when he comes over it also just makes for a good dynamic because there's often cocktail parties and afternoon barbecues if you come over and the whole house is tense and nobody's talking to each other that doesn't feel good it's not like a conducive environment for you to connect with any other human beings so just them having so much fun they have this amazing game of never have i ever if you don't know what this game is you basically say something that you um never have i ever done something so you know i think um you know so you see these women sitting around in their little lounge area and they're like never have i ever had a threesome and if you have done the thing then you uh you know traditionally i think you do this with drinks they have ice cream they had you know huge scoops of ice cream and so it's just really fun to watch i think it also plays with different ideas of like um sexuality and experiences as you get older. I think there's this idea that like, you know, as you're older, you know, just like all of that side of you just really shuts down and they revealed that that is not the case at all. So, um, so yeah, so friendships, I feel like in a way that almost makes me feel a little bit hopeful too, because, you know, it's been interesting on the road trying to figure out and navigate friendships. And when you see it in this capacity, just so normalized, just like, oh yeah, we're figuring each other out or whatever. I don't know. It just makes me feel a little bit, you know, more inclined to like explore those aspects of my life. So, um, let's see, maybe the last thing I think is really fascinating here, uh, watching the show is a lot of the women are moms and, you know, mothers of adult children, which is obviously very different than bachelor and bachelorette, wherein sometimes once in a while, um, you'll have a cast member who has a child or children at home, but typically they do not. Here, most of them do. And it's been fascinating to watch their different perspectives um, in terms of like just priorities in their roles in their kids' lives as they get older. And what I really appreciate the show has done is to not show one better than the other. So I talked about Joan before leaving to care for her daughter. She makes that decision. She's like, you know, first and foremost, I'm a mom. And if I'm needed to be in my mom role, I'm going to go. I'm going to do that. And 
Then you also see a scene with Sandra, who is just amazing. I love her. But um, she reveals to Gary that, you know, my daughter's getting married today and I am not there. And the show allows them to FaceTime and talk to the daughter. And she's not like villainized for it because she isn't there for this milestone. It sounds like she has talked to her daughter ahead of time. Daughter knew she was on the show. You know, they're both pursuing love, her daughter getting married, Sandra pursuing love. Um, but they're not seen as like villainized for to choosing different decisions as mothers. You can see like varying aspects there. And I think, um, you know, just having coached some of my clients through navigating relationships with their adult children is like, there's no rule book there. There's no playbook. It's like, you know, uh, you can see one person, Sandra, choosing like, you know, what, I'm going to go on my journey. I'm supportive from afar. And then you see Joan going, making the call like, yeah, I should be home for this. Um, neither one is right or wrong. Neither person's a villain. It's just a decision that they made. Um, and I imagine, you know, uh, something that you navigate for as long as you are a parent, I am not a parent myself, but like I said, having coached people through it, there's no right or wrong. There's no rule book along the way. And I, um, I appreciate the ways in which the show hasn't done an edit to make somebody look bad for making their decisions. Cause I think, you know, often they can like, the show can edit in any way, shape, or form that they want. And I appreciate that they're choosing not to bring out drama where there isn't any and really just showing that there's different aspects of things um, along the way, uh, all sorts of things. And I, I just, besides, like I said, the drama that seemed to be there with the two women about, you know, their insecurities about their relationship with Gary, largely the show just feels really wholesome and really heartwarming is maybe a better word for that. It's just like heartwarming. You see Gary having like very big hearted, acknowledging that this is a weird dynamic for them to be flowing through uh, to date him. And I don't know, it's just, it's like, if you've ever watched the um, British Bake Show, Bake Off or whatever it's called, and it's not about drama, it's about like, people there practicing their craft like it's always like so heartwarming to me to watch it and feel good and that's exactly I feel like what the show is is it's showing very different aspects of life that we don't often get to see especially on reality tv and it's not drama forward it's actually more connection forward so I don't know there's a part of me that's like so excited to see the rest of the show but also a little bit sad that i think they're only doing eight episodes total i think in two weeks we'll do hometowns and then gary will have to narrow it down and pick somebody but um as with everything like the first one like most of the people on the show don't have never really watched the bachelor so they don't necessarily know how things are supposed to go and like if they run this show again and i hope that they do because i think it's really interesting to watch and it brings up a lot for me. Um, people get to know what the show is like and they start playing a little bit more. You see that on Bachelor and Bachelorette, a lot of people there for like Instagram followers and to further their career or something in life. Um, and I worry, I do worry, The Bachelor seems to ruin things. <laughs> in a way that's kind of fun to watch, but also it's just kind of like, oh, you know. Um, so we'll see where it goes. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, I would recommend seeing this. It's it's brought up a lot for me. Um, it's been some interesting conversations around our household around it. Um, shows are about an hour long and you can find them on Hulu. 
And I just, I just think it's something like I've never seen on TV before. So I'm just delighted that I had the opportunity to talk about it today on this podcast because, um, because I don't know anybody else who's watching it and I have been enjoying it so much. So if you are watching um, or you start watching and you're like, oh my gosh, I need somebody to talk to about this, um, come find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Lynn Grogan over there. You can DM me. Um, you can shoot me an email, lynn at lynngrogan.com. And also like if you're looking to work with a coach or you want to know what coaching is all about, um, hit me up. I do free consults. Uh, you can find the link through my website, lingrogan.com. Um, or again, you can DM me on, on Instagram. I'm very friendly. <laughs> I am a not scary person to reach out to. Uh, I love talking to the humans and, um, and yeah, thanks for joining me today on this, uh, unconventional version of the show. I appreciate you listening. And if you like what you've heard, um, share it with a friend. That's how this show grows. And uh, if you want to be on the show at some point, hit me up, lynn at lynngrogan.com. I am looking for all guests for all sorts of things moving forward. Uh, I don't know what show we'll do after the Survivor. I have some ideas, but I'm not sure yet. So pitch me. It's always fun. So anyway, I will see you next week where we will be back to talking about Survivor and we will be forging ahead with that series. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by Josh Jones. Our theme music is by David Delaney of the Whiskey Boys. You can find him at whiskeyboys.com or click the link in the show notes. If you like what you've heard today, share this podcast with a friend.